Oh, hello. Oh, hello. And welcome to the Comma Queens podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we're super happy to have you here with us today. We're kind of going to take a little bit of a different direction than some of our other episodes. And we had kind of been having a discussion on what's something you could just read over and over. And I think we all have that one story we've connected with. I definitely had it with the Finding Camellia novel, R.I.P., no longer available on Manta. So sad. Um, But then we were talking about how there are definitely other series that we just love diving back into time after time. So today we're going to talk about two of our favorites that just really have us gripped. And it's a story we can keep going back to and enjoy every time. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited. These are not series that we have read the others. So it'll be a new intro for me on something that Alex has read and a new intro for Alex on something I've read. Yeah. So go ahead and take it away. All right. So jumping right in, the one that I have read, and I I think I might have said that I've read this multiple times in a previous episode, but Lore Olympus is the first webcomic that I ever read. I think I read it probably three or four times back to back before I even tried to read anything else because I loved it so much and I was trying to find something that was exactly Lore Olympus or just reread Lore Olympus for the first time again. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a beautiful, beautiful story. The art is incredible. It's pretty unique art, I think. It's um, a it's on Webtoon. It's a romance. Mm -hmm. It's 255 episodes long. (laughs) (laughs) The overwhelming just whoosh that hit me with that number. Yeah, it's a long one. So you can reread it and kind of forget about the beginning. I do this with TV shows sometimes, too, where it's like, you know, on longer. If you're going to watch Friends over and over again, which I do... (laughs) You can forget kind of what's happening at the beginning. Like, by the time you get to the end, you're ready to restart it again. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those with Lore Olympus. Once you've reached the end, you're kind of like, "Eh, I could start this series over again and be totally fine and happy just rereading the same thing. So it's mostly, it's on hiatus right now, too. So if you want to try and catch up, this might be a good time to try and put in some some hours of work to read some of those some days of work some days but basically it is a modern day greek god story so i'm actually going to read the description of this one because i really like the description in webtoon but it says witness what the gods do after dark the friendships and the lies the gossip and the wild parties and of course forbidden love because it turns out the gods aren't so different from us after all especially when it comes to their problems stylish and immersive this is one of mythology's greatest stories the taking of persephone as it has never been told before Mm -hmm. that's a really accurate description it's so good. It's basically the all of the Greek god characters as if they were living in today's times. Mm-hmm. The underworld is a corporation. Fun. It's I love it. I love it so much. They have modern fashion. Um, Persephone is a businesswoman. 
When it starts off, it starts off as Persephone going off to college. She grew up in the mortal realm, which the mortal realm is still in ancient times. Mm -hmm. So she grew up not being around this world that the rest of the gods have been around. Mm -hmm. And so... It's her first time going off alone. Her mother, Demeter, is very protective of her, does not want her to go off alone. But basically, she ends up becoming, she gets a scholarship for, I I think it's called the Goddesses of Eternal Maidenhood. (laughs) And so that is why her mom lets her go live in the mortal realm. And at, at first, her mom wants her to commute for college, like live in the mortal realm, go to college at Olympus. But she ends up letting Persephone go. And you don't really know why. There's kind of she was not going to let her go. And then all of a sudden, she is going to let her go. Suspicious. It's very suspicious. (laughs) She lives with Artemis, who is also in the Goddesses of Eternal Maidenhood. Mm -hmm. And so when it starts off, they're living together. They're getting ready for a party, which is being thrown by Zeus. And so you also meet Zeus, you meet Hera, you meet Poseidon, and you meet Hades. You mean all of those siblings? Yes. Even though Zeus and Hera are definitely together. Oh, they're married. (laughs) They're absolutely married in this. Greek mythology is wild, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So they go to this party, and basically Hades sees Persephone and is like, who is that goddess? She is gorgeous. And um, the goddesses like and gods, once they age to a certain age, they stop like mm-hmm. aging. So basically, they all look gorgeous and like in their 20s. And of course. Yeah. So Hades sees Persephone and is like, she's gorgeous. She puts Aphrodite to shame. Aphrodite overhears this and is like, how dare you? <laughs> And so Aphrodite calls in my fav- one of my favorite characters, Eros, and says, you need to come help me take care of the situation because I am my honor is being shamed, basically. Someone has said that, that there's another person who is more beautiful than me, and that is not okay. <laughs> and so she kind of drugs Persephone with a drink and... Um, ends up having arrows put Persephone in the back of Hades' car. And then, so Hades ends up taking her home because he doesn't realize that she's back there until, like, he basically gets home. And then he's like, oh, okay. And Aphrodite's plan is basically that Hades will think that Persephone is not beautiful anymore because look at this sloppy, drunk mess in the back of the car. And Persephone will not think that Hades is great because... she'll think that, oh, this, like, creepy old man kidnapped me because he's, like, 2,000 years old or something. Mm -hmm. And so, but it doesn't go that way, of course, because Hades is a great character, and he takes her in and takes care of her and, like, basically, like, gives her a room to stay in, and she wakes up in the underworld and is like, oh, crap. And so then they meet and, like, talk and everything, and it kind of goes from there. I mean, there are... I. I could go in, it would take me hours to go into all of the different plots there are, that everything's so woven together, but there are a ton of different plot lines going through. Mm -hmm. There's a plot about Eros and his love. There's a plot about um, Thetis and like her 
thing that she's got going on with <laughs> Zeus. And there's, um, there's like, there's just so much that I could get into. It's gorgeous. I love it. I have four of the physical books. Also very beautiful. Highly recommend getting the physical books if you're interested in this story because they're just absolutely gorgeous. They really are beautiful. I love it. It's such a good story. It has so many, and it has such complex plots too. Like there's a lot of trauma that Persephone goes through, that Hades goes through, that some of the, that Hera's gone through. Like all of these characters have, are really complex characters and you see them going through a lot of different emotions. You see Hera and Zeus having good times in their marriage, having bad times in their marriage. You see Persephone go through a really, really bad, like, sexual assault and get, like, how she processes that and having to be... Yeah, it's very, very heartbreaking. And there are trigger warnings in all of those episodes. So if it's something that you don't want to read, you could skip over it. Or it's, it's done well that the things that would be concerning are called Mm -hmm. out before you actually read them. Yeah. So it is, I mean, it's just so good. And Hades is in a really bad relationship with Minth, who does not treat him well. So it's basically he's got to realize that he has self-worth, that he doesn't deserve to be treated as badly as he's being treated. It's just so beautiful. I could go on for hours about how much I love this story. I love it. Honestly, like I, maybe it's the 90s kid in me who grew up with the animated Hercules. Yes. But I love Greek mythology. I do too. It probably does all go back to that Hercules, which I know that we have both have stories of how our first cuss words were related to that animated her Hercules movie. Yes, they were. Like what a weird connection to have. Oh, yeah, the first time I said a cuss word, it was because of this truly wholesome film (laughs) that existed from Disney. Yes. Um, But yes, it is very fun. I think, honestly, it's one that I've tried to get into. Again, the episodes are a really good length, Mm -hmm. which double-edged sword here, like, it is so great and wonderful. But when you have 250, it can feel very overwhelming. Yeah. When I first started reading it, I think there were maybe about 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. So I started, and it was still at that time, like, that's a lot of episodes to read through. That is. And it it's a lot. I don't, I don't disagree. Like, it's a lot, but it's worth it. It's so yeah. worth it to put in the time because it's such a good story. No, I do love that. I love retellings and different interpretations of that stuff. And honestly, just from what I've heard you speak about it, I know like there's a huge fan base in general. I'm I'm sure it's worth the hype. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Even that daunting number feels a little bit lesser when you have like some really good content. So. Yeah. It's also interesting because it has gone on for so long, you can see the creator's growth through it too. Yeah. Like you can see where her art started in with the characters and like how much how how much has changed like they look the same but they also mm-hmm. you can tell that they're that there's like more maturity there in the art style and I love it I love that I also love that the art didn't change I know that with long standing series sometimes the artists change and everything else mm-hmm. so 
it's nice to have some consistency there with the design too. I also have to call out that this is 255 episodes and it's not a daily pass. So it's a long series. I know some of those longer ones or more complete ones, I mm-hmm. think is really what it is. The daily pass comes into play, but you could you could binge this if you wanted to. Yeah, I I probably would. I'm not above it. I am a binge person. Mm-hmm. So who knows how many times I read Devil Number 4, and that's a daily pass release. So, yeah. you know, when the story's worth it, the story's worth it. <laughs> but thank you. I honestly, I want to get into Lore Olympus. And I know it's one of that longer one, but the fact that you have gone back to it so many times, I think, speaks to the credibility of all of the hype. You can also it. borrow my physical books if you want to get started with it that way. That is the perk. I do get to borrow the physical copies if I want, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of times is really nice to have like that physical thing to hold. I kind of want all of the different web comics I read. I know, me too. To have a physical release, but then I'd have no space. I'd actually physically drown in books. Yeah, we would. So maybe it's safer for me to have it all in one device. Yeah. But I love it. I'm glad that you get to go back to it and that it's a comfort read because I think that's important. Yeah. And I would say, I know that I said like probably four times before reading anything else, but I've read this at least five times in the webcomic and at least once or twice of the physical books. And the physical books are not out as far as the webcomic. Mm-hmm. I only have the first four, but I have, like, I've read this multiple times. Yeah. I mean, you just keep going back. Yeah. That's how good it is. <laughs> so I'll have to, get, I'll have to get, my, get my stuff together. I'll have to start actually looking at it and diving in. Good luck. Thank you. I'll need it. <laughs> 255 episodes. Um, but I think that's great. Honestly, I, I love the Greek mythology world, but the one that I find is my comfort read is a completed series, a little less daunting with 90, 90 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's on Manta. So this is called the red string of fate. It is when I tell you, like when I think of a story, it is like chef's kiss. They thought through all of the different details, everything comes together And it just makes so much sense. The story starts out, I guess I should probably read the description Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you read the one for Lore Olympus. Um, But it's it's hard for like a description to fully encapsulate. Yeah, definitely. Especially the longer ones. Yeah, exactly. So Red String of Fate is described as after getting sucked into a reverse harem novel, Leanne enjoys her quiet life as a priestess in the temple. But things become twisted when the red string of fate irrevocably connects her with an injured man that she's healed, a man who just happens to be the worst villain in the story. So the story's about Leanne. She started out as just this regular girl who honestly was like overworking herself, like didn't have much enjoyment in life, just kind of was moving through the motions and like trying to find her place and like just trying to live a normal and like carefree life. But Obviously, things aren't always so comfy. She essentially just, like, gets so overworked. She, like, sees this red string appear around her wrist and is like, what in the world is this? It must be fake. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And she had been reading a book about a red string of fate as well. So she goes, well, I guess I'm just going to follow it. And essentially, it just leads her to her death. So after she dies, she wakes up as this just humble priestess. She works out of a temple. She ended up like saving the high priest or the chief priest. And so they're in debt to her. And so they kind of let her work there, healing people, etc. 
and she's completely content and happy. Mm-hmm. This character has no involvement whatsoever with any of the protagonists. She wakes up in this world six years before basically any of like the reverse harem stuff with this main protagonist, St. Lucia, kicks off. And so she's completely content. She goes, I just get to do some healing for people. She can see the red strings that start appearing when they have injuries, etc. Essentially something that's a death flag leading to their demise. And she can essentially cut these strings and like put these people back together and like give them a new chance at life. So she's like super happy. She goes, I get to give people a new fate, etc. It's great. And she sees slumped against a wall one night, this man who's covered in blood, he's entirely injured, like red strings everywhere, a complete mess. Mm -hmm. And she goes to heal him. She's like, I can't just let someone die. Like, this isn't who I am. I'm not just going to let him suffer, even though I feel some of the pain as well from healing all of these people. I need to, you know, make sure to take care of this person. So... She she helps like cut off all of these strings, etc. And as she goes to leave him, she sees a red string of her own connected to his heart. Ooh. So she starts panicking. The last time she saw a red string, she died. And so she goes, I'm not destined to die. This can't be possible. She can't get it to go away. And she just kind of tries to ignore it. The next day, the healed man comes to find her. And when she sees him, she realizes just based on how he looks, he's got the silver hair, the bright ruby red eyes. He's extremely hot. She realizes he is one of the love interests from this novel she was reading Mm -hmm. and that she just saved his life and is now connected to him. Unfortunately, he is a character who is fated to die. (laughs) Um, He is like a half human, half mortal, or sorry, half mortal, half uh, what do you call it? demon or essentially. Mm-hmm. And in the story, he originally is just so set on finding immortality that he ends up getting killed by the male lead. And it's like a big, terrible turning point in the story. Mm-hmm. So she meets Abel, who's essentially the Grim Reaper. And he says, you have to come with me. Like you saved my life. I'm taking you with me. You have to come with. And she doesn't want to go. She kind of like hints to the chief priest, like, keep me here. I don't want to leave. And the chief priest is terrified of Abel and says, no, she can go with you. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So he takes her to essentially the underworld. It's called the Dark Age. And as she kind of stays there, she's essentially Abel's personal healer. He's like, obviously, I'm like this god of death. Everybody hates me. Everyone has it out for me, but I am part immortal. And so the reason I am is because my heart is not in my body. Like I keep my body in a chest, like hidden from people. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps me immortal. No one can damage my heart. So if they can't damage my heart, whatever. Okay, Davy Jones. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So essentially he takes her there and he just goes, everybody has it out for me. I want my own personal healer. We're connected to each other. And I overheard you while you were healing me the other night saying that I'm fated to die. And I want to know who's going to kill me and what's going to happen. And so she realizes she's messed up. She's like, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't have 
told him the fate of this story, etc. She ends up just being entirely honest. She goes, I'm not from here. This is not my world. I know everything that's going to happen. And she tells him, like, this isn't how I want it to end up. I want to change it, but I don't know how. And he goes, I think I can help you. Like, let's change it together. Like, let's do this. She's like, well, you're supposed to fall in love with St. Lucia, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I don't think that'll happen. The story is so incredibly well-written. You get to see that, like, your idea of good versus evil, especially her original idea of good versus evil, isn't correct. Mm -hmm. Like, she sees, like, all of these different monsters in the underworld. She sees, like, Silverwing, who's essentially this man who is, like, he can turn himself into a bird and, like, help them to fly wherever they want to go. And they're like, please, you have to help him. He has so many red strings around him. And he does. And she goes, well, you don't have any injuries. And she finds out that he's depressed because they live in the underworld and he doesn't get enough sun. And so, like, she starts helping all these creatures who they're assumed to be evil. But realistically, it's just like they needed help. I love that. And I love the story. It's so incredible. It, like, changes your view of... Yes, if you hear a story from a certain perspective, you're going to have a preconceived notion of who the good guy is. Mm -hmm. But once you have all the information to work with, it's an entirely different story. Um, It is so incredibly good. The way that she ends up getting involved with all of the main characters, it's just so interesting how it happens. And I just love that she and the villain are able to just love each other. Yeah. It's so great. You know what that kind of reminds me of, which I thought, you know, Red String of Fate, it would be like bloody sweet and tied to you. Those other ones that have that kind of connect connection there. Mm-hmm. But it really reminds me of NPCs Can Save the World too. Yeah. Because it's like all the bad guys are not actually the bad guys. I love that. I This is one that has been on the list since we created the list. Yeah, I read it. I've read it and then I've read it again. I've read it at least six times. Yeah. And you told me to read it, but you've never described it to me before. And the description you just gave was really good. I'm I'm excited to read that one now. No, you'll have to. Maybe we'll have to do a follow-up where we switch yeah. and then we talk about each other's perspective. That's going to be much I... more difficult for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a little bit more of an undertaking. Yeah. Um, Give us a month maybe on that one. Yeah, no kidding. I will say, though, it is such an incredible story the best comfort read and I do really think that if you read this one you'll want to go back and read it again yeah like there are so many web comics and it's no like no shade to any of the creators at all but there's some that like I never feel like the resolution was great enough for me or Mm -hmm. I have like all these different qualms I would change nothing about this story yeah it every single time there are moments that like touch you and genuinely like get you emotional and the characters are so well developed that like you kind of just want the best for everybody mm-hmm. it's just so wonderful and great I think you'll love it oh, I yeah I'm really excited to read that one yeah I I already love it <laughs> so go ahead hop into the story both Alex and all of the listeners you should go ahead and start Lore Olympus and my red string of fate if you haven't already and if you have Go ahead and send us some descriptions of some other ones that you'd like us to read Mm -hmm. that maybe can also become a comfort read for us. We would also love to know what are your stories that you can go back to again and again. 
and just keep rereading like it's the first time. Absolutely. Everybody needs a comfort read. So definitely excited to hear what all of yours are. But thank you so much for joining us. And we hope to talk to you on the next one. Goodbye. Bye.